The VHS Files presents The Horror Section. This podcast contains spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. And now, your hosts, Josh and Jason. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to VHS Files Presents the Horror Section. I'm here, and so is Jason. Hello, everybody! And... Tonight we're going back to that year 1987, which we've visited a couple of times, and we're going to be talking. Just stay about, there, dude. Yeah, so just stay in 1987, 85, 87, 84. Those seems like be great years. We're always at there. Yeah, I kind of wish I could go back and watch all these movies for the first time again. <laughs> <laughs> just seems yeah, we've we've seen like simpler times. Yeah, that yeah, uh, you know, a lot less stressful back then. I mean, the only thing we had to worry about was you know, our, where we parked our bicycle and hopefully somebody didn't steal it. Now we just got to worry about if there's any toilet paper at the super Walmart when you go. Yeah. <laughs> simpler, simpler times. Much simpler times. But tonight uh, we decided we wanted to talk about the movie The Gate from 1987. It uh, was released on May 15th, directed by, I'm going to butcher this gentleman's name, you can do it. Tibor Takakis. And uh, he did not really do much before this that, that I could really find, but he went on to direct the sequel to The Gate. And he did a lot of TV. Yeah, a lot of Hall, Hallmark movies. Well, so, he did. He even did Sabrina the Teenage Witch, yeah. uh, The Outer Limits. He did some of that kind of stuff. And I think he even had a, a, a did a little bit of directorial type stuff during the Crow TV show. I didn't even realize there was a Crow TV show till I was yes. looking at this guy's stuff. <laughs> I do. I actually remember watching a few episodes of it. It was good, but still nobody can replace Brandon Lee. And we're going to get to that movie one day on either the main show or this show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the, but Brandon Lee was the Crow. Everybody else, just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about it. <laughs> the Gate had a budget of six million bucks and uh, ended up doing a box office of thirteen point five million. So it actually made its money back and did pretty well. It it did pretty well. I heard against uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two when it came out. Yeah, yeah it was released <laughs> uh, with Beverly Hills Cop Two, Creep Show Two, House Two, Second Story, uh, amidst a bunch of sequels. <laughs> yeah. So. But Beverly Hills Cop 2, I have to admit, it's still the better than Part 1 as far as I'm concerned. I really, really like Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2. Part 3 is garbage. Horrid. Um, <laughs> we can agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> Most people can. <laughs> I would really like to get to the Beverly Hills Cop movies on on the regular show or even if we do uh, another spinoff that we, we're talking about doing. But I, uh, I really like the Beverly Hills Cop movies. So it, uh, it's definitely something I want to revisit. Yes, it made me want to shove bananas in tailpipes. Yep. But yeah, then you had the, uh, was it his the writer, Michael Nankin, for this movie? Uh, he did Gate 2. It seems like he kind of stuck around with Tabor Takakis. And that guy actually went on to do uh, some of the, the Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles for TV. Did you watch any of that? I I tried to. I mean, I mean, you got to understand. I mean, we we've been inundated with these Terminator sequels that have been very subpar. Yeah, some have decent stories, but then they kind of drop it by the third act or so. But I mean, since T two, 
I mean, that that was the pinnacle. Yeah. So I I watched I think most of the first season or maybe even all of the first season and then went into the second. It uh it's it was entertaining. I mean, this was uh, Lena Headey before she was, had the mm-hmm. Game of Thrones fame and and whatnot, but it it just like you were saying, it, we've had so many iterations of the Terminator. It didn't really seem like it was anything that special, and it kind of goes off the rails a little bit. So well, you were more into it than I was. As I said, <laughs> I did, couldn't even watch it on TV. I was just like, "This ain't right." I'm yeah. not watching this. There's no Arnold. I'm done. Yep. <laughs> so well, let's get into the gate. I'm going to play the trailer, and then we'll get started. There is a passageway to the most evil place you can imagine. A gate. Behind which the demons wait to take back what was once theirs. Little baby Stephen Doris. Someone has opened the gate. There's this weird tearing sound there. It's the decomposed corpse of her dead father. Oh no. Tearing out hair by the hands. I'm calling the police. (laughs) Phantasm moment. You got demons. (laughs) I mean, you guys were serious about that demon stuff? Demons? No, we're just kidding. <laughs> they have opened the gate. Pray it's not too late. <laughs> Ooh, I like the rhymes. Got Dr. Seuss over here. <laughs> So many memories in that clip, though, before yeah. I even watched the movie. Just the trailer. I remember the trailer. It was always, I want to go watch this movie, Mom. I it, never got to watch it in the theater, though. I definitely saw this on cable, for sure. And it was one of those that was on HBO quite a bit, I, I, I if I remember correctly. Either yeah, HBO was, or Cinemax. It was one of the two, because uh, that's where I think I remember. I think it's where we recorded from, you know. We, yeah. We, we illegally recorded it you know what's funny is i i've seen this movie a bunch of times but i don't think we ever like dubbed it off tv or 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 taped it or anything i think it was something i always ended up catching on tv yeah we did uh i had a a cousin of mine uh bobby that lives here he loved this movie and he's not even a big horror movie thing but we would i'd spend a night over his house or vice versa, he would either bring it or I'd stay over there and we'd watch it. So because they had it on, they they recorded it off TV, mm-hmm. and we I watched this so much as a kid, just hanging out for you know hanging out with your cousins for the weekend, and it was cool because we both liked the same movie because we always loved the little demon minions. Yeah, they were always so they were kind of scary but funny at the same time. Yeah, I mean they're funny, funny looking for sure. 
Yeah, definitely. And then we'll talk about it in a minute about the whole reason why, you know, I mean, when I was a kid, I thought they were really little, but then you find out when you start doing a podcast and you start digging into how things were made uh, with these movies, you're like, Oh wait. So that's how they made them look like that. I knew it was always a forced perspective, maybe thing or claymation, Mm -hmm. but then I realized, Whoa, okay. That's neat. Yeah. We'll get to that shortly. But the movie opens with a dream sequence of little baby, Stephen Dorff, who plays Glenn. Frost. (laughs) (laughs) Who people may know from Blade. Every time it's funny, the first time I see him, that's all I can hear in my head is Wesley Snipes' blade yelling, Frost! <laughs> so that, because I mean, we, I didn't even realize who he was when I was a kid. You know, it was just Stephen Dorff. And then I uh, read that the reason they cast him is because they wanted somebody that looked like Elliot from E.T. Yeah. Well, that's what yeah. I was getting to, was, was going to get to here with the way this opens and following him up the uh, treehouse and this creepy dream he's having that, lightning strikes this tree and it falls over. And this is another one of those movies that I'm pretty sure the reason it sticks with us is because it's centered on children. You're, mm-hmm. you're following kids on this little horror adventure throughout this movie. And I think that's the main reason why I would always go back to it is because I was following kids. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the opening dream sequence, well, you don't know it's a dream sequence. Yeah. They did a really good job until, you know, because he's riding his bike through a nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, his parents are do- doing really good because in my childhood, those were where the rich kids lived. Yeah. <laughs> Houses like that. When so, in reality, that was really just middle class. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, they, they shot this movie in Toronto. It's yeah. in Canada, I believe. So, you know, that's, I mean, how many times you have that? You know, you're riding your bike home from school and then you come home. You, you always went to the door. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. But like you said, you know something's off because he's hollering for everybody mm-hmm. and there's nobody answering him. Yep. Yeah. And then the whole treehouse incident. But what's weird is after that, he wakes up and the treehouse had fallen. Yeah. And I, I uh, think we're supposed to believe that lightning or whatever did strike the treehouse and he was just dreaming and it all happened to coincide with one another. Uh, another movie with a treehouse, kids with a tree. <laughs> it, Every 80s movie had kids had tree houses and it's it's crazy and that's probably why all of us were so let down when none of us got tree houses when we didn't I'm about them. to say dude I'm uh, I'm I'm angry right now because yeah. now it's reminding me I never had a fucking tree house <laughs> uh a matter of fact I'm 43 years old I I think I'm going to tell my parents where the fuck is my tree house yeah I uh, <laughs> you need to hook me up cuz we got a nice big tree in the backyard I want a tree house damn it well at least and, with uh, this one the kid loses his treehouse at the beginning, so it's not one of those yeah. like the Monster Squad where you see them hanging out in this cool treehouse the whole time. Uh, and the Dracula blows it up, <laughs> right? But you do see a kid with a pretty cool bedroom in this movie. Uh, it's yeah. Glenn's friend Terry um, who comes over, and he's he's kind of I don't I mean I wouldn't say he's the nerd of the movie by any means. He's wearing jean jackets with patches all over him and listening to metal and. Got Iron Maiden posters and whatnot all over his room. Like, I, I feel like Terry would have been a cool kid around with for me. <laughs> well, he would have been the cool kid, but he like if you compare it to uh, a, a movie we had just talked about on our main show, Heather's, he would have been the outcast kid. Yeah, because he listened to metal. He had the blue jean jacket with the back patch. Because I mean, that was me by the time I got to junior high and high school, rocking the Venom back patch. <laughs> yeah. 
I would have done that. I, I, that would have been me. Back then, it probably would have been more like Megadeth or Guns N' Roses. Uh, and yeah. I know Josh loves Guns N' Roses. Me and Josh would have rocked Guns N' Roses. But uh, that would have been me. But, yeah, you're still the outcast. You know, people are like, oh, my God, he listens to the devil's music, which mm-hmm. in, a, in a sense, this kind of helps. Yeah. The situation, because because of Terry's knowledge of listening to the demons speak through the music, <laughs> it kind of helps them out to let them know what the fuck's going on. Another thing I noticed about Terry when you see him and Glenn hanging out in the beginning of this is he's wearing, he's got the Venom jean jacket shirt with the patch on it, but he's also wearing a He-Man Masters of the Universe shirt. So instantly Holy. he was already relatable for me. Since there you, go. you could do no wrong with He-Man back in the 80s for me. Well, I mean, the, the cartoon was flawless, dude. Yeah. I love the cartoon. But again, Josh is trying to bring up the Masters of the Universe movie once again on the show. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. Did this house or the neighborhood remind you of Poltergeist at all? Yeah, the way the houses are built. I mean, they're not right up on top of each other. You know, in Poltergeist, it was like house, 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 yeah. house. These are a little spread out. They got a nice big backyard, but I guess that's how they do things in Canada. But yeah, yeah. it did kind of have that feeling, you know, of that little Poltergeist little neighborhood, which kind of happens. You know, a hole opens in the backyard. Yeah. Them, a hole opened in their house by the end of the movie and sucked it in. And even, I mean, when when he, when he you first see Stephen Dorff walk through the through the doorway of the house, I think even in the, in the dream sequence, when you're seeing the house for the first time, I even had to take a double take because I was like, is this the house from the Poltergeist movies? Because it, <laughs> it looked very, very similar, but the, the staircase was on the wrong side of the house. And that's just a little, I found a little, quirk I have when I'm watching movies now is I'm paying attention to houses. <laughs> I do we need to do the movie house next? <laughs> oh, we can. We absolutely can. That's a fun one. And I'd love to revisit. It. I'd like to watch the second one too, because I haven't seen that one in quite some time. I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, since we're hung up on sequels with Beverly Hills Cop 2, I like house two better yeah. than house one. I would have to watch it again to to make a determination on that. I just watched yeah. House recently, showed it to my wife for the first time. And, uh, well, Jenny Lou, as everybody knows her here. But, and it was fun. Like, we were having a fun time watching it. And, but, and there's, the second one I remember being a lot more lighthearted. It's and, it's more of uh, like how Evil Dead 2 was. They went, you know, because yeah. the first one, they try to be scary a little bit. And then you get the part two, it's scary mixed with a lot of humor. Yeah, for uh, sure. And the main thing I remembered about house two was the, uh, the old man, which is his great, great grandpa or whatever mm-hmm. was the, uh, old man that found the carnival tent in killer clowns from outer space. It's yeah. the same old yeah. man. And I, I, that guy, that old man showed up in a lot of eighties movies. He did. I and can't remember his name. I don't know it right <laughs> off the top of my head either, but uh, on the house thing again, <laughs> I remember when paranormal activity came out and everybody was raving about it. So I was living in Virginia at the time, and I had the day off work, so I was like, I'm going to go see this Paranormal Activity movie everybody's ranting and raving about. I was the only person in the theater, literally the only person in the theater watching it. I think it had just been released, so there was not really a whole bunch of people going to see it at the time. And it was during the day, so. But anyway, I'm watching this movie, and I was transfixed on the layout of the house in it. That's what was holding my attention in that movie. It wasn't It wasn't how scary it was. It wasn't what was going on in the movie. I was like, man, this is a nice freaking house these guys live in. 
<laughs> it's your adult, the adult in you, man. Now you're nose and houses. Yeah. He's like, what, what kind of tile did they have in the bathroom? Can you rewind the movie? <laughs> I mean, it didn't get what? that far, but I remember watching it and going, man, these guys have a nice freaking house. I would love to live in a house like this. Now I'm, I'd probably watch it and be like, oh man, this place is too small. <laughs> Again, the adult. Yeah. Well, I don't think the square footage would fit my needs. Right. I can't fit all of my Spider-Man figures on that wall, and it's not going to work for me. I have no room for Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a big factor when it comes to looking for a place to live for Josh. Um, but anyway, back to the gate. Uh, <laughs> so we're introduced to to Glenn's parents and what's going on there. They're going out of town for the weekend. We meet his sister, Al. Yeah, the and, total standard 80s setup. Yeah. Kids left to themselves, parents going out of yeah. town. There's a hole in the yard. Yeah. Big, <laughs> big argument about whether or not they, they need a babysitter or not. Uh, but one thing I did find that, like, the, the tree falls over, leaves a big hole in the yard. They have someone come cover it up. But then, I, because he finds a chunk of a geode. Is that? Yeah. When he picked up the, when the guy picked the stump up, a geode fell out like yeah. a little one. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, cause Terry had come over and he was showing him that he had the geode and that that's how it all kind of really starts where we, we got a little ahead for a second, but Terry's like, dude, these geodes, uh, they sell for like a hundred dollars for a big one. So they, <laughs> they start digging the hole back up yeah. that the lawn guys or whatever had fixed. And he finds that big, huge, geode but also at the same time terry's foot falls yeah through like i guess like a layer and it opens and you see all this like sulfur gas type stuff and they say it smells and stinks Mm -hmm. but he gets a splinter in his hand too and it's it's blood at the hole yeah and we find out later that that actually plays i mean you figure us you kind of figure it has something to do with it because i mean they're talking about this not only that you know it's a fake splinter this kid pulls like a splinter out of his hand that's like four inches long yeah i mean it looks like a sewing needle (laughs) it's huge it's so funny how much of how much of the stuff that happens in this movie is completely consequential like oh yeah there's a reason you see everything yeah and and like but it's so funny how it all unfolds because every little thing they do is exactly what needs to happen for this gate that they don't even have any idea is there but yeah they just so happen to get stuck with a splinter and bleed and open the the gate. And it's just so funny how all of this stuff falls into place watching, watching it now. Glenn's love for rockets. Yeah. The automatic house. (laughs) Yeah. Automatic, the, the automatic uh, launcher where it doesn't need a fuse. Yep. And he throws it behind the bed. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't notice things, but when you're an adult and I mean, I've seen this movie a number of times as adult, you totally get, that he threw the box behind the bed. Well, he's going to need that. Yep. Obviously, because they had to show it getting thrown behind the bed. He's going to need a rocket. Well, uh, and, and I think the reason I jumped to the the dinner with the parents and the setup where where that goes is because when they're having this conversation about you know the daughter's going to going to watch him over the weekend, they're not going to get a babysitter. They ground him. They're like, "You're grounded," and cover that hole up like. They grounded him because they're leaving for the weekend and he dug a hole in the backyard. Like, it just seems like a very flat, like, n- dumb reason to ground your kid. Yeah. I think they just grounded him so he wouldn't leave the house. Yeah. But even though he did nothing wrong, it was more like, if we ground you, 
even though you did nothing wrong, you if you leave the house, then yeah. you're really in trouble. Because I mean, you're at. A, I mean, you remember being a kid at his. I think he's a 12 year old at this point, and. I mean, shoot, you're kind of scared. I mean, you were scared to get in trouble at school that you couldn't, because back then you got licks at school. Well, yeah. you, when you got home, mom or dad was going to freaking tan your behind even right. worse. I think that's you where I, the confusion yeah. for all this comes from for me, because like if I was grounded, it's because I did something wrong or I was in trouble. There was a reason why I was being punished. This just seems to be very, very lighthearted. The, like the reasons they do this is just like, Oh, well, we don't want you leaving the house. So you're grounded, but your friend Terry can come sleep over, <laughs> you know, yeah. like uh, again, nah, I, I, I don't think the movie actually takes place in Canada in the movie. It was just shot there. It, it just shot there. Yeah, but more than likely wherever this place is, is was completely foreign to me because like <laughs> if I got grounded. I like, I was supposed to stay in my room. I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't do anything. So just kind of weird for me watching that and being yeah. like, why is he the, getting grounded for this? Yeah, the opposite of how it is nowadays. I mean, you remember when we were kids, you got grounded, you had to stay in your room, mm-hmm. and it was torture. Now you have to ground your kids and make them go outside. Yeah. Because they want to be in the room so they can play the video games, TikTok, whatever they got to do. Yep. So now you got to make them go outside and do something. So it's weird how it actually just did a total 180 as mm-hmm. far as grounding goes. Well, remember, because the hole in the backyard and he was talking about they need to fill it with well, the dad standing there at the hole. Mm-hmm. And did you notice at the edges of the hole, it looks like they somebody had their arms at the edges of the hole and they were moving it. So it would look like the dirt is falling into the hole. No, I didn't see that. It, I never noticed it before, but I kept noticing because the hole is now open, but dirt kept constantly moving. Yeah, I, I didn't notice like, that, but I didn't notice people. It, it did. It looked like somebody had their arms in there and they were kind of moving them or something, or they had something in there moving <laughs> it. So the dirt would continue to move and fall into the hole. Cause yeah. I'm like, but dad's standing away from the hole. Why would the dirt be falling? And I actually like rewound it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's somebody like their arms are in the dirt or they're pulling something just to make it look, but you could totally see it. Yeah. Cause there was one here, one here, one here, and one here. Like they were precisely placed on four points. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, this didn't hold up the test of time. But uh, like you said, we would have never noticed it in the days of, you know, if you saw it in the cinema yeah. or VHS. But when you're watching a Blu-ray copy, you definitely notice these things. <laughs> <laughs> so like you said, you noticed the dirt, but you didn't rewind and go back. It's yeah. how the dirt was moving. And I was like, wow, that's that's a cheesy moment. Well, Mark I mean, that down in the notes. That is one thing. Um, I do want to, I, I want to mention that we, we meet Angus the dog, who's apparently 96 years old or 95. I forget what he says, but it's 90-something. Yeah, and then Terry goes, no, he's not. Yes, he is in dog years. Yeah. <laughs> and the main reason I bring up Angus the dog is because he does actually play a crucial part in the plot of this. Yeah, very much so. Which I forgot about completely. Oh. Um, I, re- I remember it because of the guy. Because he's, he's, he's a dick. He's a douche. Yeah, and we'll get to him. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean cute little dog um and 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 when everything goes down in this movie i was heartbroken i was like the dog died (laughs) like but But it was old yeah i mean they (laughs) set it up he's an old dog um so i mean he smells bad and they said well how are you smelling you're not right right but um you know i i thought it would be important to bring him up as to where this leads with him but i kind of got the 
I kind of got a an Evil Dead in Suburbia feel from this movie. Even though it looks like Poltergeist and the house reminded me of Poltergeist, like once you really start digging in to the to the meat of this movie, it really feels oh, yeah. like Evil Dead in Suburbia. <laughs> oh, let's see. I'm gonna, I, I, you guys can't see it, but I, I'm on my camera. Evil Dead <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> me and Josh, we share a brain when it comes to horror. Yeah, but uh, I mean. The it's things that happen that are different, that. but it's definitely it's definitely Evil Dead. Yeah. Well, after all this, parents leave town. You know, hey, yep. you be good. Call us. This this blah blah blah. What's the famous line that every parent says to the teenager that's watching the house? No parties. Duh. No parties. Cut. Cut to party. a house party. Yep. <laughs> Al throws her little house party, which we find she's not enjoying it because she's cleaning the house the whole damn time. Well, that's typically the the setup of every 80s party in in movies is the people throwing the party end up cleaning the party up and hate the fact that they've had a party in their house. Um, I never longed to have a party in my house like the kids in these 80s movies do. No, I wanted to go to a party, not have one at my house. And even in my teenage going into adult years, I don't think I've ever went to a party, a house party that they depict in the movies like they did back then. Yeah. You know, I've been places where there have been a good amount of people and you've sitting around talking, having a good time, smoking, drinking, whatever it is they you're doing. But never, ever have I been to a party that was like anything I've ever seen in an 80s movie, 90s movie, <laughs> movie in general. Um, yeah, I mean, eighties and the nineties had the best parties, man. Obviously, but you're introduced Great. to a lot of Al's friends here, and her friends are complete, just garbage. All the the Lee sisters are utter. The best way they're fucking bitches. They're fucking. I, I hate them. Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> treat oh. they don't they treat Glenn like crap. They treat the dog like crap. They treat owl like crap. Crap. Yeah. They just guilt her into doing whatever they want to do. Like mm-hmm. later, we're going to see them guilt her into going to the beach or go to the mall or whatever it is. Like yeah. her friends are so terrible. Well, <laughs> uh, and it's and then you get the the Brad moment. Oh, I, I, I did want to talk about the whole thing. You remember you had the part just during the party, but. Uh, Glenn and Terry are upstairs. You know they can't be part of the party. They're kids. Yeah, you know they're too they're they're too immature to hang out with the, the high school kids. Right. But they have that they had found that big geode, mm-hmm. and I just love Terry's just sitting there talking to him. I'm just gonna bust this open, bling bling bling, talking talking, and all it is to take Glenn to sit down, and he just goes whack, just whack with, hammer. with the hammer, yep. and it opens up, and you're like automatically, you know. This is smoky, scary stuff coming out. You're like, this is not good. Is it a demon egg? What is it as a kid? But the cool thing, and this is a uh, a memory for me, is because of the geodes. Dude, I used to want a geode so bad. I love them. Like the quartz, when you open it yeah. up with all the little quartz crystals in them, they had. I've always been fascinated by geodes and the quartz crystals and stuff like that. I know crystals are a big thing in people's some people beliefs you know to make you feel better give you better uh karma and stuff like that but yeah. uh those things are so cool i remember we would have them in science class you know the teacher would pass around doing you know the whole geology mm. type thing man those things are so cool and after every time i saw that movie it's like man i want one of the videos and i found one i think at a store and things are like hundreds of dollars well there's um 
<laughs> now that I'm an adult, I'm always kind of looking for cool little things to put in my house. Uh, yes. There's a, you know, the home store over here always has like geodes and stuff available, at like yeah. di- discount prices and whatnot. But uh, again, like that never stuck with me in this movie. And I never, I, I could not for the life of me, like remember that the geodes were such an important part of this. I always just yeah. thought it was the whole. I couldn't remember anything about all this geode stuff, but um, yeah. but I've seen plenty of stuff exactly like that, like the purple with the crystallized rock in it oh, and stuff. Yeah. And I, I've seen plenty of that in like the home store and whatnot, and considered picking it up a couple of times, but never have because they are kind of pricey, even at the home store, which is like a discount. Dude, place. I got an idea. You need to get one of those and get one of those uh, uh, little rubber demon things, so you can have a little corner. Of- devoted in the house to the gate you have the geode and the little minion demon right i'm pretty sure jenny lou would love it it should be right in front of the front door at your new home i wonder if they've ever (laughs) i wonder if they've ever done like a uh uh, action figure or like a a mock-up of of one of the the little demons oh no now now you have me curious now i really want to go look now i want a now i want a geode and a rubber (laughs) minion I need to add it to my uh, new podcast room that I just moved into today and we'll be decorating. So I need to do something with that. That's what I need now. But the other cool kid thing is when the geode opens, it writes a message on one of those little magnetic pad things. <laughs> I love those things as a kid and not the Etch-A-Sketch one. And people thinking the magnet. I always talk about it had just that piece of film and you had, you could use your finger and write on it. Yeah. But then you pulled the film up and you put it back down and it was gone. Yeah. But that's what I have in uh, my notes is the whole, it writes this weird <laughs> markings and stuff all over it. And automatically I'm like, I have flashbacks to Evil Dead. Don't read yeah. out of the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't read anything. Yep. And what do they do? They are going to read it because Glenn, I mean, not Glenn, but Terry is versed in demon writing yeah. <laughs> because of the heavy metal he listens to. And, and you know, they, they make their way downstairs to the party because Terry's convincing Glenn that they need to go out and, and, and hang out with all these older kids at the party yeah. and they're eating pizza and whatnot. And they, when they go downstairs, there's one of the older kids talking about this all this. Brad? I, I didn't catch his name, but I think it's he's Brad. telling a scary story about how this and that. And is it him that tells the story about the worker that got trapped in the wall of the house? No, that, that was a story Terry had told Glenn to scare him. Cause there, that goes back to the conversation that uh, Glenn had with his dad before he left. Uh-huh. Said that Terry's just trying to scare you because we find out like a year earlier Terry's mom died, mm-hmm. and they said that he's just a little angry, upset because his mom died. So he tells stories like this to scare you, yeah, and stuff. But that, I think that kid's name, the the older high school is Brad. Did you not get a Friday Thirteenth campfire vibe? A little bit of the whole story. That's how when I saw watching it this time since we've been doing these podcast about horror movies i totally got the whole uh feel of the sitting around the campfire and the one counselor's telling the story about jason and th- mm-hmm. this guy's kind of telling horror stories i was like man this totally has a friday yeah. 13th ripoff right here yeah so, but and, then they start go ahead well i mean they, i was going to get into where they go with this next is uh apparently the craft ripped off this movie uh, <laughs> no light as a feather stiff as a board yeah i also forgot all about this in this movie until i watched it this time but of course they're going to be able to lift 
little Steven Dorf up because he's a fucking child. Yeah, they, and then you get the kid, the 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 or the girl that's all into the mysticism thing and the, the yeah. supernatural, and she's telling him you have to concentrate. But we find out the reason what happens is because they just opened the geode upstairs, yep. and then they read the writing because eerie things kind of happened uh-huh. when that all that went on, and then. And it's so funny the way the teenagers, the the way the teenagers are acting after this happens, you know, because they they levitate, they think they levitate, uh, Glenn, and he falls down and cries and runs off, and they're all just standing around like they can't believe what happened. And that girl, she's so full of herself, she's like, "Well, I guess I won't do." She says something really pretentious that's like, "Well, I guess I won't talk about that anymore." It was, it, it just struck me as odd because she was being so pretentious about all the shit that she knows about witchcraft and Yeah. And they're making fun of Glenn because he cried, but see, he's a 12-year-old. He just literally floated across the ceiling, broke a globe on the ceiling and then grabbed the light on the other side of the room as yeah. he fell. I'm 12 years old. Yeah. I'm probably just pissed and shit myself because I just floated across the room and I hit the ground from 8 feet up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to cry. And the the teenagers are making fun of him because he did. I'm like, hey, let me le- levitate you, and you fall from eight feet. Let me tell tell me if you cry, right. or at least control your body functions. So, yeah, th- th- there we get more introduction into the Lee sisters and all them that they they're all assholes, right? And so the party dies down. Now that house got cleaned up really goddamn fast for what was going on. As I gotta say. Well, Al, she was on top of it, bro. She well, was, yeah, she was picking stuff up and, and, you know, picking up stuff in and out as the uh, party was going on. But just there was a lot of stuff going on in that house. And all of a sudden, boom. Oh, the house is clean. I just found that a little odd. Yeah, because it, it, the house is clean. Now everybody's gone. Everybody's sleeping in the moss. Dude, I actually can't don't remember the moss part the moths part but there's like they're the most irritating moths ever dude they're on the window they're get hitting the bug zapper because they came out of the hole we found out that they you see these things come out and it's all these moths this movie is the reason why to this day bug zappers freak me out (laughs) yeah (laughs) anytime i hear a bug zapper or anything like that like i'm instantly brought back to this movie like that might be why I don't remember certain aspects of this movie because there's that and one other thing about this movie that just stuck with me since I saw it for the first time. It's that bug zapper, and we'll get to the other one later. Yeah. But, well, we get the bugs because, remember, they put the moths in the jar because Terry made a joke earlier. He said, hey, I wonder if they'll live with no holes in here. Yeah. You know, because he puts them in a jar. Well, the they look like they died because of a few scenes earlier, Glenn had picked the jar up, and they weren't moving. Right. They were dead. Mm-hmm. Well, now the moths are flying. They're moving around. Yep. And Terry gets up, I guess, goes to the bathroom or something. Right. And when he comes out, the front door opens and it's a lady. And you, I mean, you didn't think about it when you were a kid, but you're like, that's got to be Terry's mom. And then, you know, he says something about mom and yeah. he walks down the stairs. All right. I'm a kid. They're probably, they're both 12 to 13, more than likely, go to school together. Mm-hmm. And you go downstairs. I'm like, no, I'm thinking I'm going to have a problem with my dead mom walking in the front door of my buddy's house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm a little off about that. And then you go down there and he's like, mom, you like this. Is this the time that also Terry sees the stuff in the, uh, not Terry, but Glenn sees the thing moving in the wall. A la, uh, 
Freddy Krueger. Yeah. You see the little thing going down the wall. It's all like pushing from the outside mm-hmm. of the wall, like the whole uh, Freddy scene from part one where he pushes in. Yep. He sees all that going on. So he's like, dude, there's something fucked up going on. But the, the part that stuck with me is Terry's dancing with his mom downstairs. He's like, oh, mom. all I thought was ever going to happen is he was going to turn around and she was going to be like a zombie or dead. Yeah. That's what I'm waiting for, for, you know, it was all the horror movies we'd seen up until this point when I saw it. Right. But no, you get a total different thing than I ever thought. Yeah. We get a, the dead dog. Angus the dog. Yeah. Oh, and he passes Angus away died. because of old age. So, But it's still kind of weird the way they play that in there. It's like, because I, I think it when he's coming downstairs, you see that there, he has like a bed and whatnot right beside the uh, bathroom door. And then he's mm-hmm. not there after he comes out of it. But I don't know. It's it's a really, like, scarring moment for this movie, especially if you're a dog lover, because it just it almost comes out of nowhere. But, I mean, from the, I'm, I have been trained to, to realize that if there's a dog in a movie, something bad's probably going to happen to it. So, but, I mean, as a kid, I probably wasn't expecting this at all. And it, it, but it, this this what de- definitely wasn't something that stuck with me about this movie. But I could see where watching this, it would be like, oh no, like that could affect you emotionally, you know? Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, you figure the the dog, the dog. I mean, you figure, like you said, he thinks he's holding his mom, and it's a dead dog. And then of course, Glenn's upset because he lost his dog. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, like I kind of get that feeling too. That it seems like when you see a dog in a horror movie. Something bad's gonna happen to a yeah. dog, and that's a movie. And that's another movie we need to get to is the Bad Moon, the werewolf movie. I don't think you've seen it, no. but the dog is almost the hero of that movie. Wow. So we need to get to that one. So one time the dog prevails. <laughs> Not giving too much away, but that's a badass dog. Well, we get through that, and then we get to the next day, and then we get another. I don't understand why they wouldn't have called the parents at this time. I think because Al didn't want the parents to intercede on her weekend of watching, watching the house and being responsible. She's what she wants to be the adult. And yeah. Cause I mean, that's you wake up and he's already, he's throwing a fit about wanting to call the parents and everything. Terry went home and, 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 then, and uh, correctly. So like your dog dies, you call your parents. <laughs> yeah. You mean, cause it's the family dog. It yeah. was, the parents probably got the dog either for the kids or they got it. They might have even had it, but the dog was 90-something years old, so probably got it from when the older sister was a, a little kid. So yeah. she's probably been around the dog even longer. But, yeah, what I, I was going to mention, you know, you're talking about the wake of the next morning thing I noticed. Remember, the dad said something about Glenn, or Terry's mom dying. Mm-hmm. Is Terry goes home uh, and his hollering for his dad dad says he's out something the house is a mess Mm -hmm. pizza boxes everywhere and you kind of understand maybe his dad's still in a grieving mode and that's why maybe glenn's dad that said that terry's still dealing with you know his mom's death because he's obviously having to because his dad's not even home right so he's home all the time just pizza boxes everywhere i mean he was definitely meant to be the rebellious kid in this for sure um but (laughs) Again, you get reassurance of just how shitty of friends Al has. Oh, yeah. Because they come over and they want to go to the beach or they want to go to the mall or it's one of the two. And her her little boyfriend guy that they're that she's trying to get with and everything is there. Eric. And they they just brush this off like the family dog's dead. Oh, well, um, 
Eric will take care of it. And dude, fuck this guy. <laughs> fuck this guy in the goat ass. Yeah, he is, a pe- is. He's a piece of garbage. Yeah. That guy. Oh, I got him on here later. I almost wish he, one of the, some of the bad things that happened to everybody else. I wish he would have been at the house later. Yeah, for sure. The demons could have got him, but yeah, they're doing that. And then Terry's in his room. And that's when we get the whole heavy metal Terry, because we get to see Terry's room. You know, he's home by himself. He's jamming to some tunes and we get to see all, I mean, dude, his walls look like my room when I was like 14, 15 years old. Right. That's how the, I mean, band posters everywhere. Pictures of the devil. <laughs> right here, I've got, call the devil. I've got a clip of it. Let's watch it real quick. Oh, okay. He's now got, how many times? Yeah, he's dancing on the bed doing air guitar. Yeah, with all these heavy metal posters. Uh, who all's he got? He's got. I see some maiden. I see some maiden. He's da- on a rainbow and like bright colored <laughs> bedspread. <laughs> Before the sun and before the light of the stars. This is so great. <laughs> and he's reciting the band the Sacrifice, which I found out is actually a real band, but not that album. Oh, really? That was fake. Was it's a band from Canada. The world of light and substance. <laughs> but yeah, we all did this when we were alone in our rooms. Yeah. That's like I talked to Josh before this of him. Mimicking the opening of a, a song. I said, I used to do this with Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast, that yeah. whole opening talking part. I used to do this all the time as a kid. But this is when he really starts to realize that, oh, maybe there's something to what's going on. Again, very consequential that he happens to have this band's record that has all this dark stuff in it, basically the Necronomicon. And yeah, pretty much. <laughs> figures out, oh, these guys know what's up. Like, how did he know that this is exactly what they were pertaining? Like, all this was pertaining to. Well, that's the thing. He's talking about all the scary stuff that happened over at Glenn's house. He's thinking that in his head, and then he's actually listening—not listening, but he's hearing. Yeah, because anybody can listen to you, but did you hear it? And why he's mouthing these words? He's like, "Holy shit! This kind of..." is eerily familiar with what's going on at Glenn's. Yeah. Just talking about things and the gate and stuff like that. And I mean, even the front cover of the thing is called, I think the dark book or something mm-hmm. or like that. And it's got a picture of a, the gate, like a hole in the ground with a demon's hand coming out of it. Right. So like, like that isn't tied to the whole movie title right there. <laughs> and he opens a book and you see all the little incantations and the picture of demons. And like you said, it looks like the Necronomicon, but it's a, yeah. album cover or an album booklet like they used to have in the day but in and, uh, in reading all of this he figures out that they have to deposit a uh, a sacrifice yeah. in into the hole in order to to release this evil or whatever yeah. which they to, to their knowledge they've covered up this hole they they took the remains of the uh, treehouse cl- and covered up the hole with it yeah well this is where we get back to dipshit boyfriend guy here <laughs> takes the dog to the animal shelter animal shelter is closed again why you wouldn't just bury the dog in your backyard is beyond me but um he does that in a sense but he sees that oh there's this giant hole in the yard i'll just throw the dog in there what a piece of shit i mean i don't know 
I just have an affinity for dogs and the way these people treat the the death of this dog and what they do with the dog in this movie makes me wish the most heinous shit upon them. And unfortunately, <laughs> nobody that that is a shithead in this movie really gets any kind of repercussions for what for being a shithead. No, I mean the the Lee sisters, or whatever they get, they get a little scared because they're at the house when some things start happening. But yeah, yeah like Eric, Brad, none of those guys in this movie. Nothing really happens to them. So, but we did get the thing uh, before the whole dog thing of where the sister did leave mm-hmm. with their friends. Yep, left him there all along. Well, we all oh, we get the part where Glenn, Glenn called uh, Eric a fag. Yeah, <laughs> he because you know it's a little thing, dude. He's, he walks around and he just turns around that little slant. I think goes fag, yeah, and he and walks off, off really. Yep. Which again, standard eighties, you know, yep. shaming of. It's just that was a normal thing back then. I mean, I, I people called me that all the time because I listened to the music I did. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're you a fag or something, and I'm like, no, the, whatever. It's just stupid. But it's stupid kid stuff, and kids still do that till to this day, which yeah. is still horrible. But and, you know, it gives people problems. But it's a uh, it's one of those stigmas that we've talked about in all of our episodes of how the '80s kind of just did these things it didn't think about anything they just said them yeah be it about people's sexuality or their race or anything this still gets done even in this movie they even kind of make fun of people that have disabilities and you know just calling somebody like a retard or something which yeah. nowadays we don't really say that i mean i have friends of mine who have children with disabilities but they do just fine but no you don't say words like that yeah I, just, one thing i found kind of interesting about glenn's his little comeback to eric uh you know he calls him a fag and then runs off but like i remember that's exactly like if you were trying to stand up for yourself against a bigger a bigger kid or whatever in school like call him a name you would you would you would do exactly what he does in the way they portray it in this like you would you'd say whatever you were going to say like with that little yeah. turn and you would yeah. take off as soon as you said what you said yeah because you see he's already turned toward the bedroom because yeah. you know eric is a lot bigger than he is you oh, know yeah. he's he's just a kid and he's just like that whole little corner and he says it and then pew, he's gone yeah, i'm out of here but shoot I, I don't did you notice one little thing while they're at the table i just kind of going backwards a little bit eric steals his damn cereal yeah yeah he's sitting there eating and he just reaches over because uh uh glenn is talking to his sister and he just reaches over grabs his bowl starts yeah Eating the syrup. Well, yeah, I, I might have. I don't know if I'd call him that. That's a little insensitive, but see, I would have called him something like, hey, fuckhead, you ate my damn cereal. And you're trying to date my sister. Get the hell out of my damn house. It reminds me of that scene in Jaws when they're at the dinner table and Hooper comes over and Brody hasn't been eating his dinner because he's all flustered about what happened that day. And Hooper comes in and goes, anybody eating this? And he grabs his plate and just starts eating it. Yeah. So. Terry ends up back over at the house and he tells Glenn that he's figured out what's going on, but they should be good because they haven't put any kind of a sacrifice in the hole to in the gate or anything like that. So they should be fine. They go through another night and that's when shit starts hitting the fan. Uh, when Terry's at the house, he tells, he's talking to Glenn about, that if you turn the record backward, because he brings the record over to show him. Yeah. Uh, see, as a kid, I always said, like, you know, your Motley Crue record. I thought when he turned it back, it, it spoke to the devil. It didn't give you directions on how to close the demon gate. 
So you know, everybody always said, don't turn your records backwards. It's got the devil in it and stuff like that. But is that, he does I mean, that. That, that must have been right when like something about this had to have been in the news and that's why they used it in this movie or something like that. But I remember this movie was the first one that I saw where it was like playing a record backwards will be like something where you can summon a demon or or something like that. And that was always something I heard through school. And that's why all these heavy metal bands got such a bad rap was because they were Satan worshipers and you could play their yeah. music backwards and it would release demons. And it was just ridiculous. I, I love if anybody could, you know, Josh got more and more like a very backwoods country uh, pastor. The more he said that <laughs> got the demons are coming out of you. The wrath of hell is upon you. Save yourself from the demons in the ground. <laughs> the end is nigh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but we get to the part, uh, Terry, because he found this thing, he got, they go out to the hole and they cast a spell to close the gate. Cause that's what it said by turning the record backwards right. is it would, close the gate mm -hmm. but see they had not realized that eric had thrown the sacrifice into the hole because he he disposed of angus's body mm -hmm. under the door into the hole that's when we find out his sister did realize that she still loves her little brother a little bit she did leave earlier with her friends to go to the beach or the mall and she ditched him and come back and brought him a rocket spent her money on a rocket for him. Yeah. Did not go out and do things. She bought her little brother a rocket because there was a little segment earlier in the, when, after she left, he's looking through an old photo album of the pictures of him and his older sister. They, it seems like she hit that age where, you know, that's, they get older and they got to be a, want to be adults. But before that, it looked like there was tons of pictures of him and his sister shooting rockets, spending time together. They're both smiling and playing and he kind of misses that because now his older sister wants to go hang out with her older friends and not him. So now he's kind of all alone. That's why he has Terry. Yeah. But it was kind of cool that she did come back with that. But then the Lee sisters come into the basement and shoot all that to shit. Mm -hmm. I'm telling her that, you know, you got to do this. And that's when uh, <laughs> Glenn, Glenn's the one throwing out the freaking name calling here. He called Eric the fact, and now he's calling the Lee sister a retard. Yeah. And you're like, he's the insensitive one in a sense. Well, he's a kid. Here. He's only repeating yeah. things he's heard. So, yeah. But they're going to the, uh, they're digging around in the closet because things are going on. They think they closed the gate, which you, you know, that never happens. You know, because, yep. because remember when he said it, they opened it up and the grass was back over the top of it. It was like it was closed yeah. back to normal. Mm -hmm. But that was all because the sacrifice had been made. Mm -hmm. But they're in the closet. And then you get another one where the, the sisters like, what are you doing in here? And the one of the Lisa says, what are you fagging off in here? Yeah. It's like, geez. Yep. How many times are we going to say this? This is almost like, uh, was it monster squad? <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the, one of my favorite quotes is the, I even have it here in my notes is what <laughs> it is. What a 12 year old would say to a kid that may be older than them. So I don't know. You want to do quotes? Well, let's do quotes. Let's do some quotes. You're going to need a bigger quote. Probably the same one I wrote down. <laughs> well, before we get to that one, what were the taglines for the gate? They're here and they want to meet the neighbors. Little playoff poltergeist there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, and then there was another one that was, there's a passageway. A gate behind which the demons wait to take back what was once theirs. 
And then the other is, is they have opened the gate. Pray it's not too late. Some as some clever writing right there, and Doctor yeah. Seuss all the way. Now the the quote I have is "Suck my nose till my head caves in." That's what I wrote down. <laughs> that's probably the most memorable quote in the whole movie. I think that's the only one I wrote down. I mean, did you have any more? There's one I wrote down, and I think it's Al is asking them what's going on or what's happened or what 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 the commotion is, and Terry says we accidentally summoned demons. <laughs> i remember that one i didn't have it in my notes yeah there wasn't a lot of memorable quotes in here it was more the just a little one-liners from glenn cutting down the uh older kids yeah i actually wrote one more down and for the life of me i can't remember the the pretext it was in but uh somebody asked are you alive or, or something like that and so I, I believe it's terry again says no we're all dead welcome to hell <laughs> <laughs> so. oh i think it's when he gets out of the hole yeah yeah i think it's when they pull him out of the hole yeah <laughs> or or better yeah oh there was another one when they were they get to the doing the bible part yeah and they're like let us read we went to we go to sunday school yeah. <laughs> like just because you go to sunday school you know everything in the bible that will make the demons go away yeah but yeah that was this one didn't have a lot of memorable quotes. But. No, I mean, I was actually surprised I wrote down three, to be honest with you, because I, I remembered nothing until I started watching the movie. So, But those those would be the three that I would select out of there for a quote. But, uh, well, we get to, like, they're all in the house. Glenn reads over the book a little more from the album that they brought over, and then you see shadows in the curtains more to do with moths because earlier he unplugged josh's feared bug zapper and then magically it was <laughs> plugged back in again yeah mm. and magically it's like because now he can hear all the moths going and he uh they come in there and they try to wake up terry mm-hmm. the sister comes in and they're trying to wake up terry because the the window uh, like exploded with the moths yeah and yeah in uh glenn and ran out and they bring him in there and they're like hey well what's up because you're like dude the window exploded and terry's in the bed and he didn't move so they try to wake him up dead dog once again yep because terry walks up behind him like what do you guys want they pull it back and that's a horrible <laughs> uh dead fake dog they have there's eyes like this the tongue's hanging out like yeah and i found out that was actually a taxidermy dog that they were Ooh. using it wasn't an actual it wasn't like a fake yeah they were actually using a taxidermy dog and when the guy that plays uh eric is carrying the dog yeah. around and trying to figure out what to do with him he was having a hard time carrying it around because it still had that weight to it like that dead yeah. weight so they had to take it back to the taxidermist to empty out all the insides Ooh. and then like yeah, like that's that's information I got off IMDb. But yeah, apparently they use an actual dog <laughs> carcass for that. Ooh, no animals were actually harmed in this. We already used a dead one. Yeah, it was already dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we found one that looked just like their live dog. Mm-hmm. It's like, did the dog really die? And they just had a taxidermy. I don't know. But they go to wake up Terry, dead dog, and they go to leave the room, and we get some another like evil dead moment of the hands reaching out from under the bed yeah as they go to leave mm-hmm. yeah that scared me as a kid yeah it's pretty creepy yeah the whole 
hands under your bed because everybody was always scared of the monster under your bed. You don't leave your toes hanging off the edge of the bed when you're sleeping. You know, something's going to grab you and pull you under. We can all thank poltergeists for that and uh, pulling kids under the bed, scary clowns. But uh, that was some pretty good practical effects. It it did have that uh, Evil Dead, Deadite looking hand thing grabbing them. And then I love it. They go to leave the room and a longer one shoots out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> he grabs i think it was his sister's foot those and tries to pull her back in those are creepy looking they 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 look quite fake nowadays oh uh, yeah just from watching it now but one thing that still blows me away about this movie is the the little minions uh yeah we're about to get to them showing up everywhere <laughs> yeah i mean they they kind of overtake the back half of this movie and they're kind of you know looking at them now they're a little goofy looking but when you're a kid and these little tiny things are running around, it was pretty fucking creepy. And like you mentioned earlier, that it was all from like forced perspective that they were shooting a lot of this stuff, or you can tell where it was com- composited in. Uh, but we get introduced to them and they start wreaking havoc on everybody and, uh, you know, biting, biting Glenn and biting Terry and all that stuff. Yeah. But when we get that introduction to, the dead guy in the wall. That, that shit, got you. That shit got me as a kid. That dude is fucking creepy looking. The makeup yeah. on him still looks creepy. Like I was watching it the other day when we were when we were preparing for this. I was watching it and I forgot com- completely forgot about that guy. And as soon as he came through the wall, I was like, "Whoa!" I completely forgot. And he look he looks great, dude. Like for for the practical effects for that time, like I oh, think yeah. he is by far the scariest part of this movie. Yeah, because that comes a little later in the movie when they think that they've stopped the demons by using the Bible. Yeah. They think it's all over. I think that's what made that part so scary. We'll get off to that part was because you thought it was over. Mm-hmm. Like, but I mean, because you're not watching the timer on the movie back in your kid. Oh, the movie's over. They've done it. So, But the part that I like, which is where we're at, is when they walk outside to run out and it's mom and dad they're yeah. home and this is a cool part to me that whole part where the dad picks him up it's like she's choking like picking him up and the mom and, the mom is laughing during all of this and yeah she's creepy she's like, as fuck dude yeah she's in the background going ha, 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 yeah. you know like that you're like what the fuck and then when he grabs his dad's face, his hands go like into his face and it's just a just bunch of goo peeling his face oh. off. Yeah. And then when he falls, he grabs it. The dad's head falls onto the ground right yep. in front of him. Yeah. And I was like, you, as a kid, I'm like, you you just stop. It's like utter silence for just a second. You're like, what the fuck did I just see? I'm only like 12. Yeah. I'm like the same age as the kid in the movie at this time. Again, we're going back. Like it's very similar to that scene in Poltergeist. Where the yeah. guy's looking in the mirror and start his face starts to melt and melt like it's very similar to that. Well, they go back into the house and again, and all the doors start locking. Yeah, and she gets the back door, and that's when they all. Uh, Al goes outside, and she's looking around, and then one of the Lee sisters opens the window, and we get our first look at the minion. Yeah, he's standing in the window, and it's cool. He's just like looking around, he's like, huh. Look looks like confused almost. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's way their their bottom jaw says that they're like, huh, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Huh? And then it jumps <laughs> down, but but then all of a sudden you look, and she's looking. 
they're all around her on the ground and she doesn't even notice they're them there. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're coming out and they're, I love how, I love how in horror movies, uh, uh, like peripheral, peripheral vision is not a thing (laughs) because in, in most horror movies, someone hides under a bed or hides under a table or does this or does that, or like this, they don't see all the other little minions around their feet. Like nobody in horror movies have peripheral vision. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you been outside? Did you not see a dog walk up on you? Yeah. These things are about the height of a, uh, like a a smaller dog. Like, you know, you got some dots and maybe something a little bit bigger. Yeah. But you would see that. Mm -hmm. But she's standing there just looking like, oh, there's nothing here. There's only like 13 or 14 minion little demons running around (laughs) my legs. And then she runs in. And this is where during the, when we watched the trailer earlier, it had to me, since we just did Phantasm last week, where they shut the door and the little minion's arm is in the door. Mm-hmm. And it, it falls off and it turns into these little. Almost looks like maggot. little demon semen. Yeah. Demon, <laughs> it falls off and they go running around like, they go under the door and go back to the demon. Yeah. But that was, it reminded me of the part with the tall man when they shut his hand in there and mm-hmm. he cuts his fingers off, they fall to the ground. Yeah. But, and then the, the phone, because this is when things start really getting scary. Like, you know, they have fucked up. Yeah. They got the demons and the phone rings. And this totally had a, a whole feel uh nightmare on Elm street for anything. Mm-hmm. When she picks up the phone and starts talking and it's and the dad's voice goes all demony like this. And then the phone melts on the wall. And I like uh, that effect though, the way they make the phone melt and then whatnot. And then it, it shows it on the wall later, like when they're going through the house and it's still melted there against the wall. Like it's a really cool effect that you do with that phone. Yeah. And they, then they said, all right, well let's go to the basement. Cause they left the album in the basement, which, you know, you always know in a scary movie, you don't go to the basement. Mm-hmm. Why do you go to the basement? Or why the run attic. Upstairs? Yeah. Why run upstairs when you hear a noise? Why go to the scary dark basement? You know, like that but i noticed one thing and i've never noticed it before glenn is standing here remember i remember we had to look through the house because they went downstairs earlier and there's a bunch of family pictures on the wall Mm -hmm. if when glenn's standing there if you look behind him there's the family picture Mm -hmm. and the whole family is dead like their throats have been cut they're all dead and but glenn's okay he's down at the bottom hey which plays into later in the movie is like why is glenn okay in the picture but the rest of the family's dead family is dead but then it when we get to the end of the movie i kind of figured out why hmm. so but when something happens the the big thing at the end of the movie yeah i noticed i i noticed the pictures changed whenever they went down into the basement um but like this this when they get to the bible and the, the girls because they go to sunday school yeah they're going to save the day yeah so I, I I love when they get out and they decide that they're going to start reading passages from the Bible to try and close this this gate, and mm-hmm. you get Terry who falls into the hole while he's reading the Bible. And I kept telling him to get away from the hole. You're yeah. going to fall in the hole. You know this is a Psalms. this is Psalms one of those will save your life. <laughs> this is one of those moments in the movie that I think is really really cool, um, and it pertains to the minions and all that. And oh the yeah, force perspective. Um, yeah. because they're all you know, creeping up around Terry as he's in the bottom of this hole and they're grabbing his leg and trying to pull him down. Mm-hmm. And the way they shoot that, like it's not animatronics. It's gotta be the guys in the suits, but it is. I, I watched a little thing. But the leg, the Terry's leg looks real. 
the minions look real, but the, the force perspective they've got on that shot is amazing. And I don't know how they because, pulled it off. Okay, well, I know that the minions, they are full grown adults in rubber suits. Mm-hmm. And it is literally, they built pieces for the, the, the leg is right. a built piece. And then the way they shot it, like the whole force perspective thing, because I read there is no CGI in this whole movie mm-hmm. is by what they say. It's all composite Everything, shots and some stuff like say that. A composite and stuff like with well, some of that really doesn't hold up. Yeah. The only thing I think that really works the best is the, the, the minions. The minions hold up. I mean, yeah, still they to this good. day, they look great. And But that whole thing, I didn't even realize that's what it was until I watched some of the behind the scenes in the past and recently. That These are just full you know, size adults like me and you in a rubber suit. Mm-hmm. And then the way they shoot it, like even when they're on the staircase, that's all, uh, yeah. you know, a stage scene. And then the way they shot it, it looks like a little bitty thing. Yeah. But I was like, that's so cool when they pull him out of the hole. And that's where I think you got what, what you said in your quote earlier, you know, when he gets finally out of the hole. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you, you thought you're like, but he fell forever, dude. And when he's falling, yeah. it's like, ah, but it don't take him no time to get back out of the hole. I mean, they put a board in the hole to pick him out. Well, I love when he gets out of the hole, too. He starts trying to read the Bible to close the gate again. And then he just has this, ah, oh, fuck it, and throws fuck the it. whole Bible down into the gate. The, the whole hole just goes, boom. Which is you something know. you would do as a kid. You would just be like, <laughs> ah, okay. And just like Bible bomb. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when you start a fire. Well, a little bit of gas works. Ah, fuck it. Throw the whole damn gas can on it. Yeah. It's good. We got it. You know, it's it's all going to get. But then it blows up and then it's sealed once again. Once again. The gases, the, I mean the gas, the grass, the grasses pull back over it. <laughs> the world is say we go back in and this is where we get to Josh's part where everybody thought it thought it's great. Uh the Lee sisters that were helping them had ran inside and hid in a pantry. They find them they're covered in garlic. Yeah. Like they think, you know, that makes demons go away. Mm-hmm. Uh you know cuz you know they know everything. They went to Sunday school and and demons hate garlic. Yeah. But uh don't and recall seeing any vampires in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, they saw the front door open and uh, Eric and his buddies had showed up. And yeah. Al is pissed, dude. She makes them leave. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all, the Lisa's like, oh, you're such a bummer, blah, blah, blah. And they leave. But uh, then we get Terry and Glenn. They, they go back to the geode and they're playing with the geode. And then we come back to the altering part of Josh being scared shitless because the workman, I think that's what he's listed as the yeah. workman falls out of the wall. Yep. Like, Dude, and he, like you said, that makeup stands up. Yeah. That is great. He is practical fucking creepy makeup. looking man. So fucking creepy looking. He pulls Terry into the wall. Yeah. At this part, drags him into the wall and then the wall just seals up. Right. And, and then that's and, when Glenn goes the first sacrifice, because there was something about who, blow it open they had oh, that's the, right the whole, that's right yep. you had to have the blood sacrifice and then they had to have two human sacrifices mm-hmm. to open the gate to hell on earth right so i think and then glenn says oh shit so and then al comes in wanting to know what the hell's going on well i think uh terry or no no glenn runs upstairs uh al's in a room doing her hair and you can see the workman in the reflection of her mirror right and it's sitting there because he comes upstairs and they're just like, what the hell? And she looks in the mirror and you can see it. And then he, uh, Glenn runs in and about that time, boom, here he, comes the workman yeah, out he of comes the, through mirror. the mirror. 
and again, so scared the shit man. out of me. <laughs> it's like the tall man from Phantasm. What's with the mirrors, dude? I I don't know if I ever want another stand-up mirror ever again. <laughs> but uh, he comes through. But that she hits the workman in the head with the boombox, and that's one of. And I, what's funny is, uh, I think it was in the nineties. I had rented this uh tape or DVD about just horror movies mm-hmm. and scenes from horror movies. And this is one that was in it from the gate is the workman. She hits him and he falls Yeah, and he turns into all the little minions yep. when he hits the ground. That's pretty cool. Even by today's standards, it's but- a great effect. And that's, that's kind of why I've been kind of touching on this, this zombie guy or the, the workman or whatever they call him in this is because that shot is amazing. The way he falls and then all of a sudden splits into those minions is is flawless in this movie. Like it's one of the yeah, best. Yeah, because I mean effects. it's like boom. Yeah. There was no pause. Uh-uh. It was like boom minions. Yep, it, it looks so good and it rivals a lot. It, it rivals most CGI today. Like it looks so good. They, he goes gets he gets his dad's gun. Yeah, because Al says go get it. Remember because they were in the closet earlier and Terry was playing with her dad's gun and she, uh they go down there and they run into evil Terry in the closet. Yeah. This, this always kind of freaked me out a little bit too, because it's like your best friend is now like turned evil and biting your hand and all of that shit. <laughs> Did he not remind you of the kid who he was the pain in the ass kid from return to the living dead Two? Yeah. Yeah, when he's biting his hand, he he even looks like that kid. He's got those buck teeth and yeah, and he's it's almost comical that noise that entire time. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? But where they get a little inventive with this is is like, how do we get him off of Glenn? She takes a fucking Barbie leg and stabs him in the eye with it. That's got to be the most inventive weapon i've seen in a horror movie in quite a while yeah especially for that time of day is like you know because barbies were big yeah you I mean i knew I, every girl i knew my little sister they all had barbies and you take a barbie leg i mean right mm-hmm. into the glenn's eye, which we know it's not not, not glenn but terry's eye yeah. you know it's not terry but then the workman busts through the back wall of the closet yep and hauls off his sister yep and now glenn's all alone and they're your two sacrifices. Yep. So he goes back upstairs and finds his rocket. And then that hole in the floor opens up, right? Yeah. He's sitting there and he's reading it because in, they were talking about the only way you can defeat the demons or whoever is with love and light. Yeah. And while they're sitting there, that's when the, uh, you hear things in the house start shaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, there's blood writing on the wall up the stairs yep. and all that stuff. And then the the big gate. Yeah. And then you got open hundreds, right in the- hundreds of little minions fucking crawling through the through the <laughs> hole in the wall or the hole hole in the floor. And yeah, I, I love that part too when they all get out of the hole. And you kind of see them looking around each other. And then they start jumping up and down like, yeah, yeah. the hole's open. <laughs> come Big on, guys master. Coming. Come on, master. <laughs> and then that's what got me as a kid was the big demon. And it almost looks exactly like the drawing in the album artwork. Yeah. I mean, they, they rely on that. My hot take for this is, is I think the minions are more terrifying looking than the big monster. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I think they are. I, I mean, definitely the big demon doesn't hold up today. Yeah, it's it's not that great. I mean, it, I mean it, 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 it has detail. I give it that, but the interaction of it, yeah, with its surroundings, yeah, does not hold up. Yeah, it doesn't hold up very well at all. But that's uh, but back to the part where I was talking about uh, the the family picture of Glenn. They're all dead except Glenn. Yeah. Glenn is now staring right into the eyes of the big, huge demon. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you know, he's obviously ruined his fruit of a looms at this point. <laughs> you know, he's going to need some new ones. I mean, I would, if you say that you wouldn't bullshit, <laughs> there is now a 30 foot demon standing in your house yeah. or whatever. But this is where I, I kind of put the, two and two together is he goes to walk away of course the the big demon puts his arms through over here and like no you can't escape mm-hmm. and then glenn calls back and he grabs him and he picks him up and he's holding him by one hand and then th- what does the demon do he pats him on the head yep and i think that's why he was in the picture is not being hurt is he was like thank you because he for opening the gate. the gate yeah yeah because of, of you we're now set free upon the earth. We're, we can now take over. And that didn't hit me until this watch was the picture of Glenn being okay with the rest of his family murdered. And then him picking up. And then he, when he drops him down, Glenn opens his hand and there's an eyeball. That's the other thing. <laughs> that's, that's one of the other things about this movie that will always stick with me is that eyeball in the middle of his palm. Um, <laughs> You would, I heard it was like the stunt man's hand or the cameraman's hand, something yeah. like that. That's his eye. And even the way they pull the shot off of the hand with the eyeball in it looks great. I mean, oh it, yeah, that does. It, it yeah. looks amazing. Um, we would see this come back in a popular music video in 1990, 91 ish. <laughs> Remember uh, the real thing? Faith, oh, faith no more. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So hey, I, who that, that's, I remember when that video came out and I was like, no, they got that from the gate. I remember that. <laughs> uh, dude, I love faith no more. That was so great. Love Mike Patton. That but, was all good. But the part, all right, we're talking about how all the good, the minions are. Mm-hmm. And he goes into his room. I, <laughs> the part where that happens and Glenn goes to walk into his room. Did you know it's like he's like holding his hand like it's it's totally destroyed. He's like holding his jacket over it. Uh-huh. He's like, oh my poor hand. I'm like, dude, it's just it has an eyeball in it. It's not like it's rotting off. It's not like ash from Evil Dead where it's you know yeah. infecting the rest of your body. But the part that really doesn't hold up is when he walks in the room and he looks out the back the this bedroom window and we see the tornado from wizard of oz <laughs> uh shooting out of the gate in the backyard i mean yeah. we thought the gate was now in the house because that's where the demon came through no i guess they can open however many holes in the ground they want to once you open the main one yep but uh that is horrible yeah that one, <laughs> i mean that does, does not hold up too well that one did it looked like they used the whole same effect that they use in the uh Wizard of Oz, like it was like some kind of little thing that they had built out of pantyhose or something like that and just turned it or whatever, <laughs> made it look like a tornado. Yeah, that does not hold up at all. I was kind of let down. I actually forgot about that part. And I mean, I've seen this movie many times, but I've seen too many movies. You can't always remember the little pieces of them, but that. Uh, it's now. always a little heartbreaking when you watch something that you loved as a kid. 
you go back and watch now and you really see the the flaws and some of that stuff doesn't really change my opinion of it most of the time no but because i can ex- uh, i can accept that it was a different period in time oh yeah i had to do different things but definitely looks looks ba- i mean i can almost forgive it looking bad for some of the other stuff in this movie that does look really good though oh yeah yeah so. it's like it's like now when you go back and you watch the a-team you go this show was horrible <laughs> <laughs> how can you shoot millions of rounds of bullets and nobody was ever hit yep <laughs> it just it don't hold up mm-hmm. but yeah that part right there is like man i forgot all about that so i'm a Between- little i'm a little hazy here how he figures out that what he's got to do like when he stabs himself in the hand with you know, yeah. well, he already figured. Well, he already figured out you have to kill the big demon with love and light. Remember, because he right, grabbed the rocket right. right as the demon came out of the hole, but he kept trying to light it and it wouldn't light. Yeah, the wind kept blowing the matches out. Yeah, but he's trying. You're like, he he shoves the glass into his hand. So I had to give the twelve year old boy that dude. He he grew some cojones really quick. He shoved oh, a yeah. piece of glass into his fucking hand. Mm-hmm. Shit, I do. I get a you know a sliver of glass in my hand. And I'm like, you know, I'm freaking like like blood. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. You know, yeah. I need a surgeon. This kid grabs a shard of glass from his broken window, shoves it into the eyeball, and says, "Fuck you, this is my hand." Yep. You know, I might need this. You know, I'm almost a teenager. I need some alone time <laughs> with me and my sock. I need my hand back. But uh, yeah. It, and then at one point, you hear Glenn's sister help us, like faintly in the background. I think that's what helps him remind. Yeah the whole love and light thing. And he knows he needs to get that rocket. Cause what it is, I guess the rocket signifies that was him and his sister, the love they had. And it was such a happy moment. That was her doing a selfless thing for him. So it's, you know, yeah. Yeah. So therefore that was like, he's like, this has got to have, you know, cause the rocket's going to explode. So there's your light, but the love for between him and his sister. And, but uh, Glenn starts hollering at him because he heard his sister. He says, no, take me, take me, take me. Mm-hmm. And I think it pissed the demon off because, well, the demon comes back because he's like, dude, I let you go. You open the gate. You're cool with me. I gave you an eyeball hand. Yeah, we're bros. Yeah, we're bros, dude. You know, we're eyeball hand bros. You know? <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I mean, he had like six or eight eyeballs of his own in his head you know he just gave him an extra eye you know hey i got eight eyeballs you got two have three i got one to spare yeah i'm gonna give you an extra but he comes back and he's he's pissed yeah because he's like dude what the fuck you're great go ahead kid rule the world Mm -hmm. as a human we're gonna take everything else over yeah we're not gonna bother you you can stay here at the house or you can move out to beverly hills (laughs) hang out whatever you need to do you know, hell on earth, but you're cool to us because you got three eyeballs. Now, the thing is, is he goes to shoot the rocket because memory had to get the because uh, he couldn't light it. He had to get the little battery operated launcher yeah. and get to the point where are the damn batteries because <laughs> he needed batteries. He got those. I feel his pain here. Oh, every time, dude, you need anything. The remote goes dead. Where are the damn batteries? I know I have batteries in this goddamn house. Where are they? You know, he's going to shoot the rocket at him and he goes through his door. I mean, door. Sorry, I'm reading notes. But he shoots the rocket and it just kind of goes right inside of the demon, just like, mm-hmm. like just sucks. And, you know, again, that's some really bad special effects <laughs> when that happens. But the other part I think is bad is when he picks Glenn up by his leg mm-hmm. and he's flailing him around. Yeah. 
Dude, that is some bad stop motion of yeah. Glenn. Yeah. I was like, ooh, Blu-ray was not friendly to that scene yeah, at the, all. The end of this movie is where it really starts to kind of fall apart effects-wise, for sure. It's like, hey, guys, we're running out of budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. let's, let's finish it up. How, what can we do? Right. But, yeah, you get that part, and then the whole demon blows up tell me you had this in your part when glenn flies out the door what when he is spinning through the air (laughs) flip head over heels flying through the air (laughs) obviously some great wire work yeah (laughs) flying through there as this house explodes and he's out in the yard i'm like 12 year old glenn would be dead yeah if he just got blown out of his house like that flying through the air you know what it kind of reminds me of Again, Evil Dead, where the scene at the end of Evil Dead 2 where Ash is flipping through the air and he's going into the void, but then they do that side shot and you can see Ash going, oh, that's (laughs) what it reminded me of. The wire work for the end of that. I'm like, this is, like I said, I think they really got down, hey, guys, we got like three or $400 left. Uh, Can we just get somebody to hook him up to some wires and just flail him around a little? (laughs) Because we got to shut this down. Right. You know, hockey season starts. We're in Canada. You know, we're done. <laughs> so we we all got games to go watch. Right. So, but yeah, that's the end of the day. Is all the foreshadowing, like you always said. The, what, how do you always say it? Setting them up, knocking them down. Yeah. All these little things, all the way even back to the very beginning of the movie when you meet Glenn and he's got a jacket on with rocket patches all over it, mm-hmm. NASA and everything, and that's what saves the day. Yep. Is is a love and for rockets and his, the love with, for his sister and the, it's not even the it's not parents it's 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 the love between siblings right and and the end of the movie is almost a cheat because lo and behold he destroys the monster closes the gate and now his sister and best friend are back the dog is back i'm about to say dude you should be happy <laughs> angus is back too um i'm very happy that angus is back uh, who knows how long he'll live after that? Cause he's 96 years old, but hopefully he doesn't smell as bad. Maybe the demons gave him a bath while he was there. Yeah. Maybe, you know, a little toe trim, right? Something. But what I find most funny about this is you get to the end, all of this happens, you get your happy ending, but the parents never come home. <laughs> they're coming home that day. Remember? Cause they're they were home. supposed to come home. They're coming home that day, but you never see the parents come back home. And I find that yeah. so funny. And you don't get the weird science ending where the house fixes itself. Right. This house is destroyed. Yeah. There's like a 10-foot wide hole in the middle of the living room. Now, now, is the hole, the thing we don't know, did the hole to hell close up underneath it? I don't know. Because it it, they're going to have I, some I saw, explaining to do. Now, I saw the gate too, but I don't remember it. I'd have to go back and give her a refresher. I have not seen the gate too, so I'm not so, sure. So, I know that I think the only holdover we really get in that is Terry. Yeah. I think Terry's actually the main character in the gate too. It is so. available on Amazon Prime. I may give it a watch at some point, but I have not watched but, it at this point. But then it's cool. You get the shot, which we get some more bad background of. Glenn Stanley, you can tell it's a painting. It's a it's a background. Yeah. And then now there's a nice little sapling tree mm-hmm. growing where the hole was. Yep. Out of nowhere. And oh, and they and the demons did give uh Terry a shoe back. Yeah, I saw that. 
the shoe is laying next to the tree. Yep. They're like, sorry, bro. Here's your shoe. Yep. You know, and, sorry, and, your mom's and, dead. And, and Angus gets it and takes it back to him. Exactly. Happy ending. Do we get the Disney ending? Disney. Ending. Everybody, everybody got everything back. The world is not conquered by demons, you know, I don't know. It's well, it's it's a it's a good movie, but it's definitely you gotta have seen it when you were a kid. I don't know how many people today would. It's childhood like it nostalgia for sure, yeah. for sure. But uh, let's do a little almost famous. Almost famous. Yeah, I know that dude. I don't know them. I know her. You, haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what's that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? So who you got? What you got, man? I mean, I would really say Stephen Dorff because I don't know if he's. A household name at this point. I don't know. Blade was pretty good. He Blade was he was, was in good. True, he was in True Detective. Uh he was in uh that gangster movie. Oh man. You gotta be a little more specific there, my Yeah, friend. I can't remember of it, but I, yeah, he was big in that too. Um uh, I think a lot of people know him. I I, think, I was go- I think a good amount of people do know him. Yeah. yeah. But I would go. I actually had a couple other ones. Uh, one of the the Lee sisters, uh, Kelly Kelly Rowan, Ronan. That's the one. In the, that's the yeah, other one that was, I had written down. Yeah, she was in the OC, Candyman Two, Candyman Two. She was the lead in Candyman Two. Yeah, and Assassins with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Banderas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as familiar faces would go in this, I mean, the only person you're gonna yeah. see. It's Stephen Dorff. That you would know nowadays would be Stephen Dorff. Um, yeah. So, I mean, not really the best movie in the world for an almost famous category, I guess. Um, yeah. I'm sure when we get into these older horror movies, we'll probably have a harder time trying to get to some of these almost famous people. But that would be that would be my two for this one. It would be him and Kelly yeah. Rowan. But, I, I mean, before I really looked up Kelly Rowan, before watching this and doing our research for this, I wouldn't have been able to tell you she was... The leading Candyman too, or any of that too. stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, poor Terry. Uh, what's his name? Lewis Tripp. He did Gate Two and another movie, and that's basically about all he did. Yeah. But I guess if you guess you had to go almost famous. I mean, Stephen Dorff is is definitely a lot of people know him. I mean, I know his movies, mm-hmm. but uh, he was never like yeah, super A list. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's a household name by any means. Yeah. So I think if you said, "Oh, that movie was Stephen Dorff," somebody might go, "Who?" But as soon yeah. as you see him, you'd be like, oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I do love a lot of his movies. Yeah. I mean, I like a lot of the movies he's in. I mean, it's definitely not a knock on him to put him in the almost famous category. But if you just, if you compare him to the, the likes of like a Chris Pratt or anybody, stuff like that, yeah, he's definitely not on that level. Nah. But he's been doing it a long time. So he, definitely he goes places people know him. And I mean, with this being the horror section, we typically would do a top kills, but nobody dies in this movie. <laughs> well, they do. They come back from the dead. They do, but they come back from the dead. So I don't know if that's a cheat or whatnot. But I, you know, I, I don't know. My closest top kill would be uh, uh, when Terry stomps the little minion on the ground. That's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. you hear him squealing. He's like, yeah. <laughs> that's about the. The best kill. I, I don't even know if he actually died, but man, when he stomped that little guy, that, that I don't know. It kind of reminds me of st- stepping on like on a big bug or something when you yeah. do, and I could feel that when he was doing it. It's like I could feel it in my foot. I mean, technically, if I mean, if we want to get really technical about it, the guy on the wall is dead. Is dead. I mean, if I had to pick a top 
top kill, I would go with that guy. But traditional, I mean, we, we don't really see anybody that ends up being dead at the end of this movie. So it's yeah. kind of a weird one. I mean, I would love to be able to talk about Eric dying or Brad dying or the Lisa. But unfortunately, dying. none of those people die. None of those, they, they had they had a, they had a great little stack of people they could have killed off for our pleasure, but they they didn't do it for some reason. I mean, I can totally see if this was Friday Thirteenth movie, the Lee sisters definitely would have been dead in a uh, oh, yeah. sleeping bag against a tree. Oh yeah, easily for sure. Jason would have dispatched them quickly. So but, yeah, no talk kills. We'll <laughs> go with good, the bad, and the ugly. Though. The good, the bad, the ugly. Um. I'll go first. Go for it, Josh. The good is the practical effects in this. All right. Are we, can we just do both of ours? Cause I think they're going to say the same damn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what, my, no, you go ahead, but that's exactly the first thing on my good list was practical yeah. effects in the, in the no use of CGI. Now let me be specific. I'm not talking about the composite shots. <laughs> yes. But those are horrible. The minions. Yeah. The makeup effects in this, like the hand, the the hand with the eye, the the minions, all of that stuff, the 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 zombie guy in the walls, all like that is is the good in this for me. Yeah. Um definitely still holds up. The bad is Eric, the boyfriend. I hate him. I, I wish he died a horrible death in this. Mm-hmm. And the ugly are Al's friends, the Lee sisters. I hate them. I, I I wish they would have died horrible deaths in this, but unfortunately we didn't get that. But that would be my good, the bad, and the ugly. The makeup effects, Eric and the Lee sisters. Well, like I just said, my my good was exactly what you, like I said, we're, we're sharing a brain in mm-hmm. the horror realm here. Yeah, the, uh, the minion suits, the old man, that's all great. I mean, I just kind of wish the other stuff was a little better, but those still, I mean, let me see what this 2020. I mean, everything is so realistic about how CGI looks nowadays, but I, I would love that. Yeah. That's th- those look great. I think they could still pull that off today and it would look just as good. I mean, it, I mean, you still couldn't tell me it didn't look real. Like you couldn't tell me that those weren't five foot 10 guys in rubber suits. Yeah. There's no way you could have made me believe that as a kid, right? Like no way. Uh-uh. That's or no or that they're not stop motion animation. Yeah, that like, you think they're cl- they're like old claymation, Jason and the Argonauts, Clash of the Titans type stuff. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, not, you get that with the bigger monster, but not with the little, yeah. not with the little minions. So. Yeah, my bad is again, once again, with our whole eighties thing, is the insensitivity. Yeah, uh, sexual preferences, uh, people with disabilities. You know, the little derogatory comments and everything. Like, I know they're mitten humor. It's the 80s, and the 12-year-old kid probably didn't even, might not even known what it meant. It's yeah. just he heard it, and he, he knew that it would piss him off when he said it. Yep. And then the girls making fun of the two of them being two guys in the closet. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of funny, guys in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you can see the humor there. Uh, yeah, there's a little humor there. But yeah, that's my thing. My ugly was what your bad was. I fucking hate the Lee sisters and Eric. Yep. Though they were, they're horrible. They make Al make bad decisions. Uh, really, I mean, like you said, uh, the demons praise Glenn for opening thing, but really, it's Eric throwing the damn dog in the hole. Yeah, that really sets it off because without that, they couldn't have carried on any further. Right. 
So, but yeah, because of his stupidity and his insensitivity to a family pet by just throwing him in a damn hole, right? It causes the whole world, like, causes hell on earth, basically. <laughs> but yeah, those that's definitely my ugly. Well, so. I mean, the question is at the end here: is it worth the rental? Of course. <laughs> I mean, what would you think? I mean, I I would definitely rent it and watch it for sure. Um, it's it's got some good stuff in it. I mean, for the for the bad things in it, it makes up for with good things. Um, it's a it's a very surface level horror movie. It doesn't really play yeah. with your with your. Uh, I mean, it plays with your emotions, but it doesn't play with your head very much. It's a very easy watch, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you're following children through the majority of this, so it's a lot more lighthearted than your typical horror movie would be. Yeah, so. They were definitely pushing the barriers of PG 13. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. They were um, pushing them really hard, but it, I think as the, yeah, you would have to have seen this as a kid to appreciate me appreciate a little more because if you didn't, if people were so used to the super pristine CGI effects we have nowadays, yeah. they would probably think it's kind of cheesy, but and I, mean, I think it's still great. I think, I think this movie probably would benefit from some sort of a remake or a reboot if they did it the right way. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously the effects would be different and in, in everything, but I believe Alex Winter uh, from Lost Boys and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was yeah was tied to this. To, they were supposed to remake it or reboot it back in early 2000, but it never went anywhere. Yeah, it never went anywhere. I remember reading that too. So, yeah, that would have been, I, I mean, even then, I, I'd like to see something with it now. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, I think, you take this premise and expand upon upon it. Like they're remaking movies that are classics that don't really need remakes, like Poltergeist or or Pet Cemetery or, or something and like now, that. And now they're talking about remaking Exorcist. Yeah, and, and and it's like you know let's let's go back to these movies that had something great about them, but maybe weren't polished or maybe had something that could be improved on. Like this, I think this is a great candidate for something like that. But you can't yep. tell Hollywood anything. Yeah, I mean, we we touched on that last uh, week with Phantasm. I think Phantasm yeah. would definitely benefit from James Gunn since he's such a fan going in and redoing it. Find somebody because I mean, you see tons of people talking about the gate, yeah. like in the in the the uh, film community, talking about they love that movie as a kid. And I mean, somebody out there has got to be interested that would do the story and film justice. And they need to hop on board. It would, I would, I would definitely like to see it. I mean, I would still hold my love for this one as long as I would Phantasm, but it would be kind of cool to see a new version or maybe a retelling of it and stick with the main story, but you know, expand on it. Maybe you make it rated R. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So as long as Disney doesn't make it, because then it's going to be PG. So, <laughs> so no PG scary well, movies for me. I think that'll do it for us tonight, everybody. That was the gate. 1987 and uh have no idea what we're going to be talking about next time we do a horror section for you but that's just kind of the gist of the horror section we'll just do them as they come to us and we will let you guys know on social media what our movies will be as soon as we know what they are but right now we're just kind of shooting from the hip so yeah again like we said last week uh if you're listening and you have any ideas of some movies you'd like to hear us talk about or an idea for a movie me, me and josh hasn't seen in the horror section let us know. Hit us up on social media, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. And we'd like you to hear your ideas and comments, even about our how me and Josh are doing here on the horror section. If you like it, or if some things you would like us to touch on, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We love feedback, constructive feedback, feedback bad feedback, good feedback. Just send it all our way. We'll take it all in under under advisement. 
<laughs> we love all of it. It's no no such thing as anything bad here. We we'll take it all. But that'll do it for us on this episode of VHS Files presents the horror section. And until the next time, be kind, rewind. Yeah. Don't dig any hole. Don't dig any holes in your yard. Little rubber minions will come and attack you. It's all over. It's all over. Fuck out. Been listening to the VHS Files presents the horror section. Please leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. Interact with us on Facebook at VHS Files Podcast, Instagram at VHS.files, and Twitter at VHS underscore files. Email us at the.vhsfiles at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.